everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 207. Hooray! Hooray. Hey. And Paul is still not here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Paul is away doing uh, real life stuff again this week. Uh, it's like it's, actually, turning, it's like back in the old days, the bad old days when you know when Paul worked nights and we couldn't ever record with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's now the you know people are listening to the podcast and they download it and they. I wonder who's going to replace Paul this week. Yeah. Yep. I hope it's one of Mike's cats again. <laughs> they always have their opinions always align the most with mine, so. I hope they're on. Yes, yeah. So, uh, well, it depends if it's uh, if it's the cat that likes Nintendo, then you're okay. But if it's the the cat that prefers the Commodore sixty four, you're a bit knackered. So, one, one, <laughs> one thing's always true, though. One thing's always true is that the cats love board games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they do. They, well, they prefer the things the board games come in with. You know that they arrive in the boxes. They... Oh, mine don't. <laughs> mine, mine like getting on the table and rolling the dice. Ah, uh, right. I had yeah. a cat that liked licking the the pieces and chasing them across the table, but yeah, uh. uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I, I kid. <laughs> Kieran's never gonna play any more board games. Uh, that's not true because you own like every board game. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Like if I want to play board games, I need to either start buying every board game or put up with cat liked games. I guess. Yeah. Yes. No, the cat never. It was. Uh, she used to chase the the dice. Uh, so we were. Kieran, you helped me do a review for the the dice. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she never chased the dice. It's a shame we never got that on camera, because they would be a good part of the review if we had your cat diving after the goddamn dice. <laughs> so put it as a wee outtakes at the end. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah. So I. For anyone wondering what the hell we are, we are a podcast about gaming, all sorts of gaming, video gaming, board gaming, and just gaming and stuff that we like. Uh, sometimes we'll... Yes, all the games. So, without further ado, mm -hmm. uh, shall we talk about some games then? I like that idea. Cool. Excellent. In that case, let's do it. Kieran, why don't you start us off with some fighting games yes which ones in particular because i played <laughs> multiple you did indeed yeah <laughs> so you went back to some tekken 7 i did so um evo was well actually there was multiple reasons for me going back to tekken 7 but the main one was evo was at the weekend so i watched a lot of tekken 7 okay right i watched a lot of people that were very good at tekken 7 so i had a 3d weekend and knew that I didn't really have to care about sleeping too much until I then agreed to come through and play board games all of Monday and realised that was a bad idea. Um, but I, as a result, like stayed up late watching... Stayed up late Friday night and Saturday night watching EVO where people were playing all sorts of fighting games. I mainly watched Tekken um, because they were... like The way EVO does it is they have a live stream for every game and the first day is basically the the entry pools so it's just you know they have literally thousands of people entering the tournaments for each of these games so you just watch a live stream that goes all day and it's just people come up face against people go away and then some of them don't come back 
And it's like, okay. <laughs> um, but it's quite good because you watch people of all different skill levels from it. So, because like Tekken, uh, not just Tekken, but like uh, Evo is just this massive event now. So there's just so many people that go and there's people that are really good Tekken, people that aren't very good Tekken or, you know, whatever their fighting game of choice is. A lot of people that are really good at different fighting games that will just enter tournaments for the other ones as well because they're there anyway, so why not? Um, so that was pretty cool and I was like, I'll, I'm going to try my hand at some Tekken again. It also helps that Nathan's been getting into Tekken again and someone else at my work has been getting into Tekken again, so I was I had a a ratio of zero wins against Nathan to I don't know we probably played about twenty odd times so I I'd lost every single match I'd ever played against Nathan and I was like right I need to learn how to play Tekken mm-hmm. because usually like Nathan's a bit better at fighting games than me in general but usually I can hold my own at most things like Blaze Blue I can hold my own Dragon Ball Z I can hold my own yes yeah. even, even Guilty Gear somewhat with some characters I can hold my own Tekken for whatever reason nah just can't do it yeah yeah. now that you mention it I don't think you've ever beaten me at Tekken yeah yeah but I got I sat and learned I watched cool. YouTube videos I practiced a shitload and I beat Nathan he still nice. beat me way more times than I beat him, but I beat Nathan <laughs> like twice, and then it was like, okay, well, I just need to keep practicing. Maybe I'll actually eventually be decent at Tekken. Um, part of my plans for getting decent at Tekken Seven was also just to not switch characters all the time. Like I am playing as a character, and I'm just learning to get good at him. So I picked King because he's cool. Oh, yeah. And he can grab things, and that's pretty fun. Yeah, um, you can chain quite a lot with him as well. Yeah. Uh, and you can chain grabs with him. Like, he has different grabs that can lead yes. up to other grabs, and then those do, like, so much damage. I can't do those yet, but I'm getting there. Um, But, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I even, like, played... So I played a little bit of ranked online Tekken 7 before, and, again, hadn't won any matches. Um, So I felt now that I had learned how to play it a bit better i could try that again did went online won a couple of matches i'm pretty happy about that cool so yeah i'm enjoying that game a lot that that thing like, i've never been a big tekken guy in the past um when it came to you know 3d fighting games uh soul Calibur has always been my go-to yes yeah um and like I played a bunch of Tekken 2 and Tekken 3 with my cousin back when I was a kid because he had both of them. But they were never... Like, I don't think I even played Tekken 4. I played Tekken Tag 2 a little bit, but mainly because it had those weird modes on the Wii U, and that was the only reason. Um, uh-huh, yeah. But yeah, so I've never been a big Tekken guy, and this is me... Because uh, in recent months, like before even getting back into it in general, like I... I've come to the realization that of all the fighting games that I can watch, never mind play, but watch, I think Tekken is just the most fun to watch other people play. Um, right, yeah. I think things like Street Fighter, you need to know. Street Fighter doesn't instantly look impressive when you're watching it. At least I don't think it does. Even though you 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 have in your back of your head, you're going, these are really high level people. The things they're doing are really difficult, but they don't look like super interesting when you're watching them it just looks you know 
It looks like people starting and stopping a lot of the time, and then someone gets some combos in. Um, Tekken 7, I think, is just a lot... It's a bit flashier, and it's a bit smoother to watch. Like, if it just all flows together when, you know, high-level players are playing in a way that is just really entertaining just to watch, even if you don't know anything about the game. Uh -huh. So, yeah, that kind of drew me back into it. Um, but yeah, that game's great. They're going to do more DLC for it, and I will probably buy it. Even though I'm only going to play King, so maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe it's not actually worth it in hindsight. Well, for, for I picked up the... I picked it up on sale when it was in, I think it was the it was the end of the year sales last mm -hmm. sort of, I think just before we did a game of the year. And one of the best things I did because I, I managed to pick up the, I always call it the game of the year version, but you know, I mean the deluxe yeah. version that comes with the, the DLC or, and the season pass. And yeah, it's great. I just turn it on occasionally and there's new characters and new stages and tech and bold and everything as well, which was really yeah. cool. And I like what they did with the the new characters they added in that season pass. Like they chose interesting guest characters, which we will get to in the news. But I don't think they're doing anymore. Um, I don't think the new one is interesting at all. But um, right. But yeah, like they added you know uh, Geese Howard from King of Fighters and uh, oh god, Fatal Fury, I think. Uh, yes. Before that. Um, and Noctis from Final Fantasy XV, which I was sceptical about, but he's actually really good. He's really fun to play yeah. as. Um, he fits in surprisingly well. I still think he probably would have worked a bit better as a Soul Calibur character, given how many, you know, he's using weapons all the time, but he's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tekken 7 is a really, really good thing game. Uh, I think it could do with better, like, tutorials and stuff. Mm -hmm. I definitely you know had to it's the thing that other games have got better about like Skullgirls has always kind of been my go-to for like good tutorials but then also Guilty Gear has they kind of had to because Guilty Gear is like one of the most complicated fighting games around so they kind of had to get their tutorials in order but their tutorial is one of the best in the industry now and Tekken just doesn't have one <laughs> it's like here's practice mode it's like, okay, how do I play this? And it's like, here's practice mode. <laughs> they die. And it's like, that's not a tutorial. Oh no. The story mode has a little bit of it, but only teaches you the basics. And it's like, here's these shortcuts so you don't have to learn to actually do moves. So, yeah. But it's a really fun game. I recommend cool. it. Um, but yeah, Mike, you've also been playing fighting games though. I have indeed, yeah. Old ones as well, like Dead or Alive 5. What, yes. What brought yeah. on Dead or Alive? It wasn't evil, because so, it wasn't there. No, no. I was. I bought a game we'll talk about later on uh, on the Switch, and I was uh, waiting after I fancied a fighting game, and I was fiddling about. And I went on to the PlayStation and downloaded this the month's uh, PlayStation Plus games. Mm -hmm. And in it, they've been doing the they've done it a couple of times. They've uh, said, "Oh, as a an exclusive bonus, you get Dead or Alive Five Last Round content." Yeah, yeah. Last Round's the free to play. Yes. Version of it. Yeah. yeah. So, I downloaded it and put it on. Now, I think the last time I played 
Dead or Alive 5 was on the PlayStation 3, I think it was. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, that, that's when it first came out, yeah. wasn't it? That's definitely yeah. where I played most yeah. of it. I, I messed around a little bit with the um, free-to-play version, but very little. I I think I tried to download it at one point, but I didn't. But Anyway, so this was my first time downloading the last round version. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the free-to-play model is its weird to, to say the least. It's the whole thing that they've done with the game. So you can download it for nothing and that's fine. And you end with, you know, you get the versus mode, the arcade mode, time attack survival and team fight. But the only thing is, is that you get a limited number of characters. So mm-hmm. it's weird. You get, I think you get... Iani and Hitomi as and they're unlocked and they will always be unlocked. You also get uh, Hayabusa and the version that I downloaded from PlayStation Plus as an exclusive you get another character called Raidu. Okay. So I've got four characters. Occasionally what the game does as well is it unlocks another two and they're random and they, they mm-hmm. rotate. Yeah. So these characters will rotate throughout. Uh, so at the moment, it's two characters. And in a couple of weeks from now, it'll switch. It'll be another two characters. So it's you don't need to buy the characters if you don't wish. But to buy the characters, you're looking at something, I think it's like £6 each or something. It's quite expensive. I wonder if they yeah. look at it from the standpoint of, you know, a lot of in-game players will have their main and won't really switch to the other ones, so maybe they'll only buy the one. But it still seems weird. Like, I bet it seems like it'd probably be more expensive to buy all of the characters than it would be to buy a full copy of the game if it was, you know, at launch. For yes. A regular full-price game, yeah. Yeah. So they have... Um... There is a disc version of the game that you can buy, and if you search, you do a quick search, you can find it on Amazon for £15. Mm-hmm. That game gives you all the characters. Uh, it gives you the stories or the story mode. Yeah, so you get everything. But yeah. just looking at the characters here, it's yeah, the characters are going from £3.30 each. Uh, some of them are six pound fifty so it must be an exclusive character or something um yeah i don't know yeah it's quite bizarre and then to unlock the story mode they want 11 pound that's quite a lot that story mode is quite good to be fair but i don't know if i'd pay 11 pounds for it yeah it's i remember enjoying it on ps3 yeah it's just very very strange yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's that's quite pricey. But then you get to the weird thing about it, which is all the costumes. Yeah. And they have they have released yeah. bucket loads of costumes. Uh, and I think you're you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of pounds to get all the costumes if you want <laughs> if that was your, you know, your thing to get for the game. Yeah. They have costume packs and the costume packs go by uh, 
they, they call them season passes, and it's like seventy pound per season pass. A lot of fucking money for costumes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can buy, you know, they, they do the costumes in like theme packs as well, uh, yeah. and they go for like twenty pound a shot. Uh, I'm just looking through here, and it, it it's very weird. Um, but I. I'd be curious to know if it works. Yeah, you know, I, I assume uh, it does because I don't think they. I think it's one of those things where they don't expect people to buy all of them. Um, yeah, like I bet not many people buy the "Here's Every Costume" pack. Yeah, there's the, uh, yeah. So you've got story mode, which is eleven fifty. You've got the characters that go at three pound thirty a piece, and then there's these costume packs that you can buy in seasons at around about £70 per season mm -hmm. it's weird the game's still good, it's Dead or Alive 5 it's, it, it is it's a good fighting game but bizarre yeah, it's interesting, I, w I would like to know Like, I, I, it'd be interesting to me if they like revealed how successful that business model has been for them yes yeah. like, Dead or Alive 6 isn't doing that their Life 6 is just going to be a full-price game as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Like, they announced it whenever they announced Dead or Life 6, but I don't think they... I think they would have said if, hey, this is going to be doing the free-to-play thing again. Yeah. So, I don't know where it... I don't know how they came up with this idea and... Um, it was weird. It was a thing that was happening towards the end of last generation in general. Like, a few games did it. A few fighting games right. did it. Um... Oh I yeah, the think... uh, Virtua Fighter did it. Um, well, the Virtua Fighter one was PlayStation Plus. Um, right. There was a Soul Calibur one. I'm trying to think. There might. I think there was a Tekken one as well. I think there was a. There was. Yeah, there was. So Namco did it for both their main ones. So they did a Tekken game that was online only. So you couldn't even do like local fights, and it didn't have any oh, player okay. content, and it was free to play, and you could buy characters, and you could I think you could even buy things to make your characters better. Like, it wasn't amazing. It was fine, like it was not a right Tekken game, but it wasn't amazing. Um, and then they did a weirder one, which was the Soul Calibur one, because again, it was a free to play thing. You could pay for your characters and stuff, but it was only single player. Right. Just like this weird, like only offline only single player thing that was free to play and that wasn't great um but yeah uh it was a thing like uh, towards the end of last generation people i think because fighting games there was a bit of a resurgence of fighting games with soul cover and also cover with uh, street fighter 4 and then everyone revived all of their games and then they didn't sell very well like some of them sold well but not all of them and there was like maybe this just a street fighter bubble Maybe not everyone's right. doing it. Um, this gen seems to have proven otherwise. Like everything seems to be fighting games seem to be doing real well this generation. But yeah, towards the end of last generation, it was like let's maybe try alternate ways of making money with fighting games because people aren't just going to buy them all the time. And I feel like those all failed except for Dead or Alive Five still going. So maybe that one's doing well. Yeah, it's. It's bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> I, I keep saying yeah. that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it was just to kind of let you know it's weird. 
uh, that I've tried it and it's weird. And but I, just a little bit that I did play of it, it made me think that I may want to buy the disc copy of the game for fifteen quid. Yeah, because I'd I'd like to play the story mode again. I remember quite good and the characters I did like all the characters but I think I'd rather own a disc version for £15 I can flip if I want do what you should do instead what? you should buy Yakuza 6 because that has Virtua Fighter 5 in it yeah but I prefer Dead or Alive to Virtua Fighter well that's just, I mean there's no account for taste yeah <laughs> I, I thought we've already established my lack of taste in the <laughs> five or six years we've been playing <laughs> doing this podcast. Oh. But uh, yeah, so that was it. It was kind of weird. But moving on to sort of more weird things, Ben, you have been playing This is the Police 2. Yes, I have. Um, well, I mentioned this briefly at the end of last week's episode. Yes. Because uh, I'd, I'd only just started playing it then. I have now actually finished that game, <laughs> which is surprising because I don't ever finish games. I don't tend to play games that have an end to begin with, but I don't tend to finish games very often when, when they do. Um, I've also immediately started playing it for a second time. That's cool. Because uh, I realized that I kind of, I didn't necessarily miss a lot of stuff, uh, more that I fucked a lot of stuff up. Uh, so this is the place too, for anyone who doesn't know it, is, well, it's a sequel. Uh, I didn't play the first one, but um, you are essentially playing as the police chief running a police department in a batshit crazy town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a kind of isometric map of the town and these pop-ups will show up of incidents and you need to pick which police officers to send out to them. The officers all have different skills, but they also have a professionalism rating, depending on how successful they've been on previous missions. Mm-hmm. And and each kind of uh, call out has a minimum professionalism required. So you need to make sure you're you basically can't respond to a call unless you have enough professionalism between yeah. the the guys you're sending out. Yeah, you can't deal so with a crime it, unless you've got people that can physically deal with it. Yeah, so you can have a really bad day where everybody's decided not to come in or they were drunk or you just get loads of calls at once and then you can't respond to some of them because you don't have enough people to send out and you end up missing crimes. Uh, Apart from the crime can... bit, it sounds like being a programmer. Yeah. <laughs> well, people don't show up because they're drunk. <laughs> no attacks or calls. Um, so it, it can be more annoying because some of the some of the calls are false alarms so you could end up sending a bunch of guys to a false alarm and then not have been able to send them to the actual crime mm-hmm. uh, at the end of at the end of every day it gives you kind of a reward based on how many criminals you caught and then penalizes for those that got away or civilians that were injured or killed or cops that were injured or killed uh, and that's quite cool because it's done in, you know, like uh, can wrinkles. Uh, like what? Like uh, like a ring pull from a can. Oh, right, okay. Um, basically, that's what you get as your uh, 
reward points. You get a bunch of them that kind of tip into a glass. It looks really nice. Okay. Uh, and then you can spend those on hiring new cops or buying extra equipment for them. Uh, there's also occasionally, or during each day, there can be a kind of major event, which could be like a siege or a bomb threat or you know, hostage situation or something like that, which you decide on a team to send to it and you play that as a more kind of XCOM turn-based strategy mission. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and that, yeah, that, that bit of it's really quite cool. Some of the missions are really hard. <laughs> and there was one that I played at the weekend, and I think I had six attempts at it because I, I couldn't get it. Um, the one the one annoying thing about the game is that it only saves at the end of every day. Oh, so if you so so I couldn't stop. Be quite long. Yeah, well, if you've got one of those missions at the end yeah. of the day, uh, you can't. There's no way to like. Okay, I failed this three times. And it's two o'clock in the morning. If I turn it off, I'm gonna lose the whole day. Mm-hmm. I can't just save it now and then come back to this later. That seems... um, so that that that's a little bit frustrating, but. Uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. The, there's a there's a big story behind the game, well, which I kind of won't really go into. But uh, the main protagonist, I think he's come from the first game, and he's basically in hiding, and then he somehow ends up as police chief here as well. Um, the first hour of that game, what I t- what I tend to do is um, I get an hour of break at lunch. And I've got a pretty good PC at work, so I tend to fire up whatever games I'm trying to review so that I can play a wee bit of it during my lunchtime. And yeah, the first hour, I tried to do that during one of my lunches, but it's basically a cutscene. <laughs> the whole hour. Is it like got dialogue choices and stuff? There is. There's some dialogue choice, yeah. That's how the first one was. Um, it wasn't quite that yeah. long, but the first right. one started with a bunch of dialogue choices. And I actually really like that stuff. I was slightly disappointed why I got past it, and I was like, "By the way, this is like a, it's a sim." I yeah. was the exact same, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, because see, I wasn't quite sure. So the dialogue choices, I thought they were like, if I'd played the first one, I'd know what to choose here, whereas I'm just going to pick randomly between these two options for everything. Uh, um. Yeah. So because I'm because I'm playing it for a second time, I picked all the opposite options. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'll see if that has any effect on the game whatsoever i'm not sure it will i can't remember if it did in the first one so in in like throughout the campaign i <clears throat> there was a bunch of investigations so you can also get investigations you got to send some of your cops off each day to go and look for new clues or or frames essentially which you then piece together to say this is what happened and this is who to throw in prison and um, so some of those lead you to capturing gang members, which you can then interrogate and torture to get information out of, to kind of work all the way up the gang. Uh, there is at least three gangs. Two of them I completely messed up and didn't get anywhere. Uh, the other one I had, I had just pinned down the head of the gang on the very final day of the game. So I didn't manage to send it to court at all. So I was a bit, yeah. So when I realised... You didn't get a resolution for any of the gangs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. 
so that's that's why I'm playing it again. Because I was like, I missed I missed out all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I, I quite liked all the the nonsense you get with the cops that like they don't give a shit, they don't respect you. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, I'm not coming in today. Or after they've done like one call out, they're like, No, I'm done for. Today. I'm a bit tired now. I'm not going out again. <laughs> and you're just like, For fuck's sake, go. Um, but you can do stuff to kind of win them over to make them loyal to you, which is, <laughs> which is handy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and the fact that you know, I'm jumping straight back into it to play it again. Yeah, it kind of shows. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see the sequel seems good. Like, I played a little bit of the first one, but I didn't get super into it. I was meant to go back to it, and just haven't. Um. Yeah, I know that Paul was super into it. So. Yeah, Paul really liked it. I think it was on his Game of the Year list. That, that year. I think it was, yeah. Right. I mean, the, the cutscene and the story stuff does drag on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like one of the one of the earlier scenes, the, the, the cops in the station are just talking about getting a, a TV and a VCR for the station. And then they're talking about all these terrible like cop movies which i think are called bloody fist and bloody fist 2 and bloody fist 3 and bloody fist 4 and bloody fist 5 and then they're just going on and on and on films and it's, a, it's a conversation that you would just kind of walk away from yeah like in real life but but the character that you think you're playing as a, at that time she just stands there and doesn't say anything she's just standing there as they're going on and on and on and on and then she just goes we'll talk about it in the morning and then walks off I was just like you could have you could have done that about ten minutes ago. Yeah. But I really like the the art style of that stuff as well. It reminded me of Another World. Hmm. Back on what was Another World on? Was it Master System or Mega Drive? I think it was Mega Drive. I know there was like a re-release of it and just yeah. stuff, but yeah, there was like an HD version of it not that long ago. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, just that kind of. <laughs> yeah, of course. When I Google, the first thing that comes up is oh, it's on PS4. It's like that's not where that came out. <laughs> <laughs> it was an Amiga game. Well, I didn't have an Amiga. Yeah, it was Mega Drive that came out. Mega Drive, yeah. So yeah, it's that kind of um, minimal color palette choice, pastel colors. Nobody's really got any facial features unless it's like a angled shot or like a yeah. real close up. They've just kind of got dark patches for where their eyes are. And like what the, the main guy's got his beard. Like you just see a, a face and a beard and a nose. So that's it. Yeah. That's pretty much all my faces. But yeah, it's all done kind of like uh what's it called? Kind of the Oh, words. Like cell shaded. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, this sounds a lot like how the first one looked. I've not actually looked at how the art of the second one is. I assume it's similar style. Yeah, um, it's, it, like it is quite strange because the the cutscenes and stuff they've got that um, like comic strip stuff. Yeah. With like slow moving or panning pictures and that, and that very very kind of art style that's that's like another world. But then when you're playing the day to day stuff, the the art's completely different. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 pictures of the cops and stuff are a lot more detailed. But yeah, 
this is the police too. Uh, probably get a, a review up on the the site soon. Uh, I've been I've been off sick this week, so the website has not progressed much. But we'll hopefully be getting some reviews up in the coming week. Yeah, content. Yeah, everyone loves content. So from the boys in blue to Blaze Blue. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've both been playing that. Well, yeah, we have. I think yes. we only just picked that up. So. Yeah. Uh, so, it is... I think I'm just going to use this word quite a lot this week. Uh, weird. <laughs> it's a weird game. Yeah. Uh, it's bizarre. You, you pretty much said everything that I think about it. I, I haven't played too much of it. Uh, like I said, I picked it up yesterday as well. So, it's... The, the weirdest thing is there's no arcade mode. Yeah, that is a weird thing. I'm kind of disappointed with that. Yeah, uh, so there's, like, I, I'm not going to keep saying like you said, <laughs> but the, the main, it feels like the main single player part of this is the, what they call the episode mode, it's the story mode. Yeah. But in typical arc system works fashion or blaze blue fashion there is more story than there is playing gameplay in it yeah i don't think um, it has like the branching paths that uh blaze blue has either uh actually no, no. Sorry, it does it does have branch oh paths. does it yeah um but it's just based on i think it's only based on the sometimes you get dialogue choices yes yeah um, i noticed that I don't think like Blaze Blue had weird things, but it was like if you lose this fight, then you'll go into a different fight, and then. But I think yes. if you lose a fight, you just lose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because in the first Blaze Blue, you you branched off depending on what you how you know how you did in the fight. Sometimes yeah. it wasn't even you know you if you lose, you this happens to you. You had to win a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And just like a normal standard victory, you know. So in other words, one per a person with only two set one set of thumbs, you know, you needed two sets of thumbs to to find the the special story and stuff. But yeah, it seems a lot more simplified than that. And yeah. but there's no, I there's no arcade mode for me. So if I want to try and figure out how the game plays, apart from doing the tutorials and things like that I need to go into the versus mode fight a character then if or a set of characters and then come out and choose new opponents or choose new characters mm -hmm. yeah it just seems like it should have been a lot easier for them just to add some sort of arcade mode yeah it's a weird like omission from it there's like a survival mode in there but that's not quite the same thing no, no. Um, yeah, just some sort of arcade mode where... Yeah, I like the story mode because, you know, they, they put together these pairings of the characters because if you, like me, if you just know really the, the Blaze Blue characters, you don't know the RWBY characters at all. Yeah, I didn't know either. Yeah, so I'm not too sure, you know... Who goes with what? And yeah. uh, looking at the Persona characters, uh, when they show up on the screen, I don't know who's from which universe. Yeah. 
and an arcade mode would sometimes explain that. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the story mode does quite a good job of explaining that as well. But yeah, yes. it's got a bunch of yeah. story. Um, I think they're quite good at also just like they they use color in a good way to make it clear. Yeah. Like, Anyone that has like a purple thing at their name, they're from Undernight Inbirth, etc., etc. Yeah, like yellow yeah. is from Persona. Yeah. So I picked up the uh, on the Switch sale at the moment. They have the game still full price at thirty four ninety nine, so thirty five quid for it, which is considering the content that's in it and the quality of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fair price. But they had ten percent off the deluxe edition, so you got the <clears throat> excuse me, the all the season pass yeah. stuff with it as well for forty five pound, I think it was. Uh so I took the punt on that. Yeah. It's quite good. The only thing is and this is my fault more than the developers or anything, is my favourite character from Blaze Blue is not in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that's it's slightly disappointing, but I believe they are still busy. They're going to be adding more content to yeah, they're doing the game more as DLC. well, I believe. There's um, so that season pass comes with like they've shown the number of packs there are, but I don't think all of them they've announced who's going to be in them yet. Oh, really? Um, okay. Like I think there's, I could be wrong, um, but I think there's still one or two they haven't announced yet. Um. But then, yeah, they've also announced they're bringing characters from a, a, another game as well. They didn't say what game it is, but from another game. So, right, okay. Yeah, because um, yeah, there's, I think there's six packs that have already been released. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if there's any more that's going to come out on that um, uh, that season pass. I might be wrong, actually. I, I can't remember. I think, I want to say there were seven, but maybe the seventh one is just these two new characters. Right. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, did you buy the season pass at all, Kieran, or have you just? Yeah, got the... I bought the season pass as well. Um, I was actually playing around with all the characters because I hadn't played it. I bought the season pass when I first got it. Um, but at that point, only I think one or two of the packs were out. So right. I was playing it. I was playing it yesterday actually. Um, and I was jumping in and out of you know playing different characters from the DLC packs because they added oh god who did they add they added like Kanji from Persona uh, Jubei from Blaze Blue yeah they've added uh, uh, Yang Zalok Blake Belladonna yeah uh, nine nine of something um, oh yeah nine from the nine the Phantom yeah, she's from the Blaze Blue games. Yeah, but from, I think from post when I stopped playing them because I don't recognize her, but maybe I just didn't play as her. Um, uh, yeah, I, she reminds me of a character from another one of the weird games. Uh, she's oh, kind of similar to uh, the guitar the lady from guitar. Uh, Guilty yeah. Gear. Guilty oh, Gear. What's her name? She's she's a really good character. She's not as complicated yes. to play as her, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, like all the packs have had like one Undernight character, one Blaze Blue character, one uh, Persona character. Yes. Uh, not they like did two or one or two Ruby characters outside of that as well. I think, but 
Oh no, sorry, the Ruby characters all came at once, I think. Um, right. But yeah, like they, because there's only like four Ruby characters. So. Yeah. 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 Um, it's good. The, those DLC characters are really good, and the way that game works, where you're just you know mixing and matching these assortment of bizarre characters, is really cool. Um, yeah. Although I think if you're not putting Gordo on your team, then you're messing up because Gordo is stupidly powerful. Right. Um, he's like one of the Undernight and Birth guys. He's the you've probably bumped into him in the story if you played any of the story. I, um, yes, I played. Uh, I think I'm on chapter three of the Blaze Blue story, so I just yeah. bumped into him. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one with like the big scythe and the purple coat, and yeah, he's a cool looking guy. And his scythe attacks cover almost the entire screen and are insanely hard to dodge or block. So, he's fun. As long as you're not fighting against them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really like it. I was playing a bunch online. Um, the thing that sticks out with me about the online, though, is that it's the same as every art game where they don't make good matchmaking. <laughs> Right. Like they nail the rest of it, but like if you, I just wanted to play with my friend, and it's like, all right, well, I guess I'll just invite him. Can't do that. Uh, it's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just, you know, make a room and he can join it. No, no, no. You can. There's a bunch of public rooms, and you can join them. And you just have to tell them which one you're going to on some other service because you can't send messages on the Switch. Yes. And we had to go and join this one and hope that no one else joined or interfered. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, I remember you saying, yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, it's such a weird system. Uh, it's one of the few times where the online not being super populated is a good thing. Because wanting to play with specific people is like, well, okay, less people are going to jump in. It's a bit of an oversight, but ARC constantly do that yeah I, yeah it is the the kind of menu that they set up for the game so you where you run about you've got this little chibi character and he runs around a different mate yeah it's, I like that that was something they did in Gilly Gear first yes and then Dragon Ball Z and now this yeah um, that you can buy stuff to customize them um and make them look like whoever your favorite fighters are and stuff like that. It seems less customizable than Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, in Dragon Ball Fighters, you got basically little loot boxes. There was no, it was no real money stuff. It was just like for playing online, you got fake money that you could get these loot boxes with. Mm -hmm. They gave you like rare colored versions of whatever, or you can run around as Piccolo wearing a hat, and it's like that's pretty good. Uh, this doesn't really <laughs> seem to have that. It's just you can be Noel. Yeah, I quite like if they had the variations that they had in other games. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's it's a really fun fighting game at core. Um, there was a it was at Evo as well this year. Um, this was its first year at Evo. The combined forces of Blaze Blue Cross Tag and Dragon Ball Z made sure that there was no Marvel versus Capcom at Evo this year. <laughs> um, well that combined with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite being a kind of terrible game um, yeah that game's fun um, 
Yeah, I think I will play uh, more of this and I'll come back to it. I've just, I'm still kind of new to it. So, uh, you know, I've messed around with it very, very slightly. And But I'm intrigued by the story mode. So I'll do that, see how we get on with that. And then we'll no doubt talk about it on the podcast again. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Let's move on. And Ben, you have been playing some Elite Dangerous. I have. Uh, I've actually played quite a lot in Elite. Um, we are kind of signing up. There's a big community event that's going to be running. Uh, I dropped the link there in our in our sheet for you guys to have a look at it. Uh, it is where's the date for this actually? I think it's going to be around about Christmas. Uh, basically, it's a big expedition from what is classed as the bubble, which is kind of a two hundred light year mass around about the Sol system, which is kind of the populated space in Elite, all the way across the other side of. Uh, the galaxy and or the universe and, and back again uh, and it's it's going to be a pretty huge expedition that's going to have a, it's about eight weeks worth of gaming uh, or in fact no for the outbound journey the initial time to reach the far distance um, so basically a, a lot of people can sign up to this expedition and there's loads of different roles people can have i'm going to be signing up as a tour guide because i basically drive a space limo in elite dangerous um so we've been doing some prep this week which the elite added engineers a while back mm-hmm. which let you play around with random number number generators to increase the capabilities to certain components of your ships and they also then Thargoids came along Guardians started showing up and on certain surfaces of certain planets there's these bases that are kind of unexplored and weren't weren't really explained at all uh, then someone found out that you can shoot shoot certain parts of these bases and they will activate and this thing will appear and you you give a relic to it and it rewards you in this uh, blueprint for upgraded parts again. So the, the last couple of weeks we've been going about and finding these upgraded components for our ships to, to increase the, the jump range capabilities of them. Okay. So it's all just it's all just a preparation for this giant expedition. So uh, did you, did, uh, have you opened that link and seen the image? Yeah. That. So, it's, if it's a big, big journey, it's a big journey. So, see that the starting point to like the first arrow, yeah, that's probably the furthest I've been ever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. I think I can actually, I can actually find that out. That's the thing with the dangerous. There is so many supporting sites, tools. Mm-hmm. to go with the game that you can uh, you can find out a bunch of information that, uh, that you wouldn't really know in the game that you wouldn't know about these 
these bases. Yeah, you would need or... to look up like it's like Dark Souls. You need yeah. to look up some someone else that's already done it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my my. Oh wow, yeah, my my furthest just start is only seven thousand light years. Um. Uh, I'm not quite sure if it says on this, but they're going to be they're going to be making about six thousand light years per week. Jeez. On this expedition. Over the over the course of sixteen weeks, just to get out, and then you go come back again. Um, you can do it a lot faster than that. They're just setting this up so that like the whole community can go out in one go. Yeah, they've got like a kind of set route that you know, so everyone can join up. Yeah, and it's just basically going to be waypoints, so people can go off and do other stuff, and it's just kind of right. Okay, be at this point by the end of the week, mm-hmm. so that people that are only on for a few hours can just straight to it and others can go off and explore and whatnot that's pretty cool yeah and uh, yeah so the whole point of my role as a tour guide in my in my beluga it's called is um it's a multi-role ship so other people's can other people can log into the game and i can just have open slots so that they can basically join my ship Mm -hmm. in one of they basically sit in the cockpit. There won't be anything for them to do. Um, <laughs> but they can join on the journey. But they can join on the journey without actually fly it themselves. Yeah. So if, they, you they can... if you haven't went through all this prep to have an upgraded ship to do all this stuff, yeah, then you can just join someone else. Yeah, exactly. And you also don't need to worry about the fact that when you come back to the game, you're nowhere near yeah. uh, home. They'll just go back to wherever their ship was. Makes sense. So that's that's that, and um, so friend of the show, uh, Smiter, Ian McCracken, uh, he'll be doing it as well as a as a fuel. Rat. So I don't know if you've heard of the fuel rat rats in Elite Dangerous. Uh, if you've ever played Elite Dangerous and gone anywhere, you've probably heard of fuel rats. Yeah. Because they are your friend. Uh, the fuel rats' role is basically to save people stranded in space that have run out of fuel, or new people who have come to the game and not realised that you're going to run out of fuel if you try to go anywhere without a fuel scoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened uh, to me right at the start. But yeah, yeah, it happened to me as well. Um, I think I think it was I've, I'd first started playing it, you know, years ago with with Smasher and. It happened. I'd run out of fuel, and he was like, "Oh, go and call these guys. These are the, these guys are fuel rats. They'll come save you." Um, and that was quite cool. But then earlier, the start of this year, he actually became a fuel rat as well. That's cool. So yeah, but he'll be the, the fuel rats will basically be duty. Mm-hmm. They they all have ships that are already kind of kitted out to jump as far and fast as possible. Yeah, to come and rescue people that are stranded in the middle of space and are minutes away from dying. So there's a, there's nothing worse than flying six thousand light years and having your ship blow up and being set back where you began because yeah. you lose you lose all your scan data and everything yeah. earned in that time, and it sucks. It does, because it's a time-consuming game, <laughs> so to lose a bunch oh, of yeah. Is... yeah. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, I stopped, I stopped playing Elite for, for a 
while. Um, I basically, yeah, that I started the journey to Colonia, which is basically near the center of the universe. And I went unprepared and nearly broke my ship. And I had, I had uh, like mission passengers on board as well. And they had, I had a time limit to do it and realized I, there was no way I was going to make, make it in that time. So I just kind of gave up and stopped playing it for ages. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, you know what? I have, I do have a lot of fun playing this game. So I'm going to make my way back and get myself set up again. And it took me, it took me a while to fly back. So I basically had to limp my way home because you can use, you can use neutron stars in the game to boost your jump range. Mm-hmm. So basically if you jump into a system, it's got a neutron star. It's got this huge kind of blue trail wake coming off it. And you can fly into that to supercharge your frame shift drive and then make a, a jump that's a lot, lot bigger. Then you can jump uh, three, 300 and plus light years in one go rather than the usual like kind of 30 to 40 decent ships will have. Uh, but it, it damages your, your engine at the same time. Mm-hmm. which is what happened to me. So I was like, I was jumping into a system and I'd have to like completely reboot my ship several times before I'd be able to jump. So it was, it was getting a bit frustrating, but I managed to limp it home without using neutron stars. Can I get back into playing it again? But yeah, so there was a, there was a, a bit uh, generous with its rewards for passenger missions this week. So I've been grinding that to make a bit of money. Cool. To, to help upgrade the ship. So yeah, yeah. Just I'm I'm quite glad I've got back into Avengers because I did like it. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd got into it. I just it never clicked for me. Um, but I like the idea of it. I like hearing yeah. about these kind of you know big community events because they're always super interesting. Yeah, that's that's the good thing about it. I think is all these community events. Like I I took part in. The year uh years back where they fed a bunch of resources to the maya system and they built a space station and there was there was a pretty big update recently where they added new ships to the game and we jumped on that week and because because it was that big update loads of people jumped jumped on for the first time in a while and the the community goal for that week shot up to the top tier by I think Wednesday they don't normally complete but it, in fact I've got a screenshot of it on my desk up here yeah they, they reached there was oh, how many 9428 contributors to the community goal that week that earned a total of 70 70 billion credits worth of uh, bounty voucher hand-ins. <laughs> Tons. Tons, yeah. Uh, which was which was pretty nice because I jumped on the- and got up high up into the ranks and then as more people joined, that actually meant that my position was improving because it's percentage-based. So I ended up in the top 25 contributors that week and netted 21 million credits, which was nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
so I've been traveling around in Elite. Mike has been playing some Octopath Traveler. I have indeed, yes. So finally, finally, yes. I bought it the other week there and hadn't played it because of uh, Fortnite. But uh, I decided that it was time to put the Fortnite down and try some Octopath, which I have. So I have, I played, I took a different path, if you pardon the pun, uh, from what Kieran did. And I ended up playing as the the character Ophelia. So I decided that she was going to be the character that I started with. And she is, I think she's on the opposite end of the map from where you started, Kieran. You started with the hunter. Which, what's her class? What does she do? Uh, oh, is she I the dancer know. or is she the... No, the, she's not the dancer. The she's the, the cleric. Yeah, it, it, she's not quite the opposite. She's like couple slots because she was one of the earlier ones i got i really liked her intro she's like this i like that chapter one quite a bit yeah uh so i you play your character's chapter and that was fine and i got in and i did a little questy thing and then off and i started the, the world opens up and you can see where all the other characters are on the map and it says it'd be a good idea before you do your final thing to maybe meet some of these other characters mm-hmm uh you know and then you off you go on your path and you you go and you have a look around and i bumped into a character called cyrus yes so i've just bumped into him and i've just finished his story uh his opening story but yeah so if i understand it if i've got my head around it correctly what it does is the character that i got ophelia uh, she has this story where She's going to her sister. She's got a sister, and her sister's got to go and do this specific task. And the way the story unfolds is she decides to do this task for her. So she goes off and does it. Now, that's the way that I played it. But when you played it, Kieran, you would have joined her. You would have met her just at that point that she's about to do that thing. Yeah. Then you would, you would experience her story in flashback. And then you'd go and do the thing that she needs to do. Yeah. But your characters still don't show up in, like, cutscenes after oh, really? met up. Oh, right. Okay. Which is odd. Uh, those stories still feel pretty disjointed in that way. Like, they... It, right. Oh, no. I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping later on that resolves. But to start with, at least, it's very much like you go and you do the the intro of the chapter up to a point and then that person is basically like are you sure you still want to join me because i'm going to do this thing and you're like yeah of course and then you go do the thing but it's still just them doing the thing oh no that's no i'm a bit disappointed in that it is is a bit disappointing yeah because i thought it was really it was really neat up to that point because it start it stops and it shows you you're now going to experience this person's story and it, it felt like a bit of a flashback and i thought i can i can deal with that yeah it's... I'll, I'll need to see i'll need to play through the cyrus's little adventure that yeah. he's going to do now i like cyrus's chapter one as well i think that was actually probably a good place to start because i think those two were both very good chapter ones um most of them are good but right i finished all yeah. of them now but um oh okay there's 
there's a couple that are just kind of a bit straightforward like they're not i mean they're all straightforward but there's a couple that are just like there's not much to them at all really right yeah, um, yeah. so cyrus's power you, you know if uh, people are listening to uh, there's been listening to the podcast and they listened last week you were telling us about each character has a certain trait and thing that they do so ophelia's is that she can get people to not yeah, to follow her um but she guides them mm-hmm. and in return for that that what she can do is she basically collects people uh yeah, yeah like, like you said like yeah, like Pokemon, yeah. So you could pick a person, you can say, right, I'm, uh, you're going to follow me, you're going to join me. And I, they, she can summon them to protect her or fight alongside her mm-hmm. uh, until you get another character that joins your party and then, you know, you can just use your magic or, or whatever it is you've got. Yeah. Uh, Cyrus's power is, he's like a Sherlock Holmes character. So he, when there's certain characters where they will be hiding some information in the secret and he gets that information from them. Yeah. And that is quite neat and I hope that's used. Yeah, I hope so too. Um like I said, I'm still just in the chapter one, so it's not really Right, up, okay. But yeah, I I really like that mechanic. It reminded me a bit of uh like Professor Layton or Phoenix Wright kind of stuff. Um Yeah. Which is cool because i like those games it's nice to have that in an rpg as an interesting kind of mechanic yeah yeah um, uh, i like his whole intro thing as well because he comes off as such a goofy character compared to most of the rest of them because he's gone about like aha i figured out who stole this book but maybe it wasn't this person and it's like okay cyrus come on calm down man <laughs> you're a mage uh, come on yeah <laughs> i like so i i quite like that uh, it's kind of got the there's a little bit of a weird backstory or side story happening with him as well where I think there's a little bit of a love interest in there and so it'd be interesting to see if that plays out and things that happen there uh, so story wise really good graphic wise in the game it is a stunning game I love the the backdrops that they have this kind of 3d backgrounds and then a 2d foreground and the characters are kind of 8-bit and looks really good yeah i love the way it looks the sound is fucking terrible though what the sound is terrible the mix the final mix see if you're playing the game with head if you're playing the game with headphones on brilliant no problems at all Hmm. play through your tv yeah i've not played it much through my tv yeah the mix is not good. It sounds. It's the the music at one point feels like it's trying to blast itself over the characters talking, and it sounds like it almost like it's distorting. That's unfortunate. Mm. Yeah, it the the mix is just too much. Yeah, especially bad because like the music is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, music is really good. Uh, the yeah, it's just the final mix with the the characters. The voice acting is cheesy, to say the least. Yeah, it's but definitely hit or miss depending it, on the characters yes, and locations yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Some of the dialogue but is uh, questionable I, um, points as well. I'm really liking it. It's. I'm glad that 
my first impressions of the game was the the first demo that they released, and you got to play as oh I forget her name, the dancer. Yeah, um, I forgot her name as well, but yes. And I don't think I don't think she was the best character to to show it off. I think she was a good choice in that her intro of her story is way darker than most of the yes. other ones and so yeah, I think that yeah. was a good thing as like a tonal point for them to be like look this isn't all going to be a cheery happy RPG yeah, we're going to yeah. go fucking places uh huh but yeah it's definitely not the most exciting of the intros yes yeah so I'm yeah because there was a hell of a lot of story in that one and she's you know she's in the bar and the, the whole thing that she's dancing and mm-hmm. Although you can't see it because of the graphical style, it's like, yeah, this is really seedy. Um, yeah. Yeah, just the, the, the content and what she's doing. Um, yeah, she's dancing. Yeah. Sometimes but she'll it... do private dancing. <laughs> it's, but it is, it's good. Uh, I think it deserves all the praise that it's getting as well. So mm-hmm. I'm only, I think I'm about three hours, if that. Yeah. Uh, probably closer to the sort of two and a half than three hours in and yeah looking forward to spending a bit more time with it and seeing how it gets on yeah i need to play more so of it quite good. yeah so how long how long have you played roughly and you've that so that you found all the other characters and basically unlocked their chapters um i don't know off the top of my head i would guess maybe like you know maybe 15 or 16 hours for the first right. chapters um, like I just finished off uh, the I forget his name the thief character um, who I got last um, but yeah I, the thing I like most about that game more so than even just like the stories mm-hmm. is the forcing you to do this thing I say forcing like encouraging you to do this thing where you walk around and meet all of these different characters and join them on the quest is that you go to these different locations they're all very right. different from each other so you know like Ophelia's one starts in this kind of big snowy um, mountain village with like a big cathedral and stuff like that um, Cyrus's starts in like this big university town and um, all of them have like a really unique town or city that they start in and it's really cool Right. Um, checking here, I've got it's been fifteen hours to do to do those. All right. Okay. That's um, that's really good. You know, you're definitely. It does feel like it's epic, and yeah, I I would have. I was expecting kind of like eight hours all in to find all the characters and get everyone. No, it's a bit more than that. Although I spent, it's possible I left it running a little bit here and there, but. Um, yeah, about 15 hours I'd say to get all the characters and then I'm only now just kind of like high enough level to start doing chapter 2s as well like I probably right, could okay. have skipped the last couple of characters if I wanted and went straight to doing people's chapter 2s but I wanted to get all right. them because... so I was going to ask what is chapter but I'm pr- that would probably just spot, you know end up spoiling things for me, for myself anyway but I take it once you get so far in a certain character's story it says right now you can it, it still guide you I take it. Um. Well, if you like, after you've got a character at all and done, you know their their first load of quests and they join you, um, you can look on your map and it will show you 
where their next section is. Um, so All you, right, you okay. should be able to see Ophelia's one, and it'll be like it'll be it'll say like level twenty two or twenty four or something like that. Uh, ah right okay like it, it gives you that kind of like i imagine you could probably just grind right away and do it with just her if you wanted but ah, it'd probably right, okay. be super difficult yeah because i seen it because it says where she needs to go and she needs to go to uh i forget the name of the place the yeah. the, the um, name of the city that she needs to go to um i don't know off the top of my head but yeah it'll say hey she has to go to this place and yeah, you, and it's like yeah. if you go down there, it says yesterday at like level twenty-two. Yeah, um, and I don't think those change level, but le- uh, all the chapter ones do. Like every time you collect a new character, um, the, every other character's chapter one will raise the level recommendation from like they all start at two, I think, and then it right. goes up to five, and then it goes up to seven, and it goes up to like minor at we're at 12 i think by the end of it um and so they just level up the enemies and stuff like that scale up a bit for you to make it a bit more you know exciting and fun to go because it'd be really boring if you were doing all these like intro chapters for the characters and they didn't scale the levels up and you were just fighting level one enemies all the time yes yeah yeah but the way they've done it's quite good because it means that if you go and do everyone's first level uh, first chapter stuff then you get enough experience to level up a bunch to then be like high enough level to do the chapter twos. And I presume by then yeah. levels you'll get to the chapter threes. And I think, I don't know how many chapters characters have. Um, right, yeah. I kind of assume that something will open up towards the end of their, you know, unique stories. That yeah. Kind of do some kind of joint thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I, yeah, I can see on the map, uh, I've just opened that up now, and it says Ophelia Chapter 2 in Sainsbridge, recommended level, level 23. Yeah. And then you can see all the other characters and where they are, and it recommends what level you should be at to take on their chapter ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like the way how the, the map fills out as you follow these roads and the roads aren't exactly as they don't flow the way you would expect them to if that makes any sense yeah so, there's definitely some like weird looking sneak, around ones and yeah, sneaking the stuff, yeah. Sneaking things yeah there are um there are signposts that you can read that will yes. kind of point and say this way goes here and that in there's definitely times I've looked at those and it's been like, this is the one that goes to the this cliff village. And I'm like, that doesn't, that's not where it is that, on the map. Yeah. And then I go and it snakes all the way around. And it's like, okay, that's yeah. why. Yeah. I, I also like as well that some of those signposts tell you the, oh, when you're about to enter a certain area, it tells you what the danger level is. Yeah, it'll be like danger level 14. I'm like, I'm not going in there then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I found one of those. It was like danger level 45. It's like, nope. Not for me. Just, me and my level three character will yeah. just stay out of the way. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, but the, the one thing that I wish they hadn't kept from, you know, old school JRPGs that they're kind of, you know, this is kind of a love letter to, is just random encounters. Like, this, that's such a, oh. a rubbish mechanic that I hate so much. I, I don't mind them, but... It was just as you leave, uh, so uh, Ophelia's 
places in the mountains and just as you leave every time you go to run there's these monsters and eventually i i'd not even got like three screens away from the village and i kept having these random encounters so much so that i'd leveled up three times and they'd used all uh all my um sp and yeah. most of my hit point my health points so i had to go back and rest and it's like it gets a bit easier once you have more characters and i yeah. imagine ophelia would be one of the harder ones to start with because she's a healer so well no she's um she's got uh she has got the healing but she's got some really uh cool magic yeah she's got her light magic stuff as well yeah uh, um she uh i i thought she was quite powerful she is it's just the enemies yeah. get a lot more powerful i think in general the enemies scale up pretty quickly and they're like you need multiple people to fight these yeah so i'm looking forward to getting you know getting cyrus on board and then moving yeah an old school party you know uh, yeah. like a, a final fantasy 7 party mm-hmm. uh, or a ophelia, final fantasy party. ophelia and cyrus have both stayed in my party since i got them like i right okay I really like those two yeah uh i just a, a really neat system and looking forward to playing more of it yeah i'm looking forward to i assume the job system will eventually open up a bit more and be a bit more kind of final fantasy 5 ish um because they kinda yeah, made it sound so, that yeah. way before release the idea that you can maybe like mix and match jobs and make you know like have two jobs for each character and that kind of thing um but yeah i've not got yeah. it yet i assume that'll happen at some point but it's a big game from the looks of it yeah cool excellent um shall i let you know where i am with Fort- fortnite at the moment oh please do i won another match so i've now won two games that means you've won two more than i have <laughs> that's two more than i've won in PUBG ever as well uh so yeah i was I was quite pleased with that. the The second one that the second game that I won was on the last weekend there, and what had happened was I was completing one of the the silly challenges. I had to go and search for loot chests. Mm-hmm. I went in, found two of them in a certain area, and I was looking for a kill in that area as well. Didn't get the kill, and started fiddling around farting about with the world and there's an, yet another silly challenge where you, you need to build 250 structures so I'm busy mining resources and building random walls everywhere and I looked up and discovered that there was you know there was, I think it was like 15 people left in the match mm-hmm. and I thought oh shit maybe I should actually play the match <laughs> and ended up and just as but sheer luck from where I was and you know I just seemed to be following the the storm where it was I was well in the areas and again I at one point I got myself outside of the storm so I'd, I'd ran and just made it into the storm and I had like 15 health walked around a corner and there was somebody with his back towards me, didn't see I was there, so I walked up, shotgun, shotgunned him in the face, and luckily he had health pack and uh, shields that I could <laughs> pilfer from his body. Um, got those from him, and then 
sat behind a tree with a sniper rifle, seen somebody coming, uh, shot at him, missed. The guy charged me, so I just hid around, hid behind my tree. He came round the tree. I went round, shotgunned him. He fell, and then outweighted uh, the other guy. Um, but at that point, I had a mini gun. And I was running away from the storm with the storm moving away and just firing this uh, this minigun. And what he did instead of letting me kill him, he ran back into the storm. It's <laughs> <laughs> a dick move. And I thought, yeah, yeah, thought, that's a bit of a dick move, but uh, I'll take the win anyway. So, yeah. um, Fortnite's Fortnite. Uh, having good fun. I'm 200 credits away, or so you know, 200 space bucks away from being able to play the next season for free. And I think you're still looking at there's 48 days left in this season. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if you are, you know, you'd like mucking about with Fortnite, and you're considering, is it worth spending the eight quid to get one of those season passes? Yes. Yeah, if you're sure. gonna play, if you're gonna play, yeah. Yeah, now, uh, bear in mind that I have now put in, I think, according to my Switch, I think I've put about 40 hours into That's crazy. Fortnite. It's a lot of time. Yeah, but it's only cost me 8 quid. That's true. It's good value for money. Yeah. yeah. Um, And we, like we've said on this podcast numerous times, we don't mind giving money back to the guys that make these free-to-play games. Mm-hmm. If it's, you know, I was going to say for a good cause, but it makes it sound like a charity. But you know, what I mean, it's, yeah, like if, if you're if you're playing well, the game, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I and I can understand as well why it is the big, you know, the biggest video game in the world. Uh, and I like that I can go in and I can play it for the silly challenges, and I can do all of those things. And then there's other people that play just because they like to a quick match where they you know they rush they get into the main area they kill as many guys as they they can and they get killed that's fine they load up and they play the other one they're not even playing for the winning you yeah. know the match the 50 50 mode's good for that because yeah you don't have to care too much because you know it's just carnage yeah basically i feel like in 50 50 whether you're going to win or lose is largely already decided by the better players that have randomly been put into your team <laughs> and so what you do is kind of inconsequential it's like if i can kill some people that's fun yeah so it's yeah good fun so that's uh here ends the fortnight minute <laughs> <laughs> so what else have we got on the list kieran uh do you want to talk us through the Valkyria Chronicles 4 Devil? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've not finished it yet, but the Valkyria Chronicles 4 is the kind of long awaited sequel to the Valkyria Chronicles games. Um, it's kind of weird that they're even calling it 4 given that 3 never came out outside of Japan. But it's uh, coming out on the Switch and PS4 and Xbox One and PC. And they put a demo for it a couple of days ago. On uh, yeah. Switch and PS4, so I download it on the Switch. I think I'll I'll I also download it on PS4, but I've not actually looked at that one yet. Um, the Switch version was the one I was most interested in because I think it's just 
where I'm going to end up getting it. So I wanted to make sure that port wasn't, you know, bad. Uh-huh. Um, and thankfully it's not. It, it looks great. It looks really, really nice. It runs completely perfectly. And uh, that game plays like Valkyrie Chronicles. Um, it doesn't have the things that the 2 had to do because 2 was a PSP game. So 2 had these kind of you know, they had to cut some corners here and there to get it to fail on the PSP, where uh, Valkyrie Chronicles is like a big kind of tactics game, um, kind of like, it's kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics kind of thing, but not grid-based, and uh, when you attack someone, instead of it just being like a dice roll, it's uh, it turns into like a third-person shooter, and you point right, down okay. and shoot. Um, and it's I really liked the first one. The first one was really good. Um, this one seems to play a lot like it, and the level design and the couple of levels that I've played so far in the demo are really uh, quite impressive so far. Um, like, it very early on has you kind of storming this kind of big fort, so it's this big, elaborate level that has different choke points and the areas that you can get through and things like that, and mounted weaponry that the enemy use against you that wasn't really a big thing in the previous game so like right off the bat they're kind of introducing all this new stuff right um so yeah i'm really liking it so far um i think if you're interested in the valkyrie chronicles games four seems like it'll be a good place to jump in like the stories do come after each other but they don't if this one is like the last couple they're it's not going to directly rely on having knowledge of the first ones um, they all stand alone a lot. All you need right. to know is it's Fantasy World War Two, uh, or Fantasy World War One in the previous games, but this one's more World War Two. Um, it's odd. It's like weird anime World War, like a weird kind of view on World War Two, especially given this is coming out of Japan, and it. <laughs> The, their perspective of World War Two is going to be slightly different from other countries. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I'm really liking it so far. I'm definitely going to pick up the full game. Um, I'm glad they brought out a demo though to kind of prove that it's you know a good port if nothing else. Right. Um, I think they're also doing a they're also bringing the first game to Switch at some point as well, which will be good. Um, because I think a lot of people didn't play that game. So Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. But yeah, uh I'm really liking it. Um you can find that it's like on the eShop and the PlayStation Store and I don't think there's a demo on Steam at the moment. I think there is one on Xbox as well. Yeah, I think it's on Xbox, yeah. Yeah, but there's no PC demo at the moment, I believe. Um which is a bit of a bummer, but yeah. And also your save data carries over into the film game, which more and more demos seem to be doing these days, and it's a smart idea, especially yes. for like RPGs like this. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, um, uh, Mike, you've been playing Picross S two. I have, yes. So all I wanted to do with that one was give you a bit of an update. So the thing that we want to sure of, and the thing that I had been talking about was the new mode in Picross S2 which is the clip mode mm-hmm. so I have now played through enough of the game and played through 
the puzzles where I have completed some of the the clips. So the way that it works is, so I explained to you that when you go into a certain clip and there's, you know, different uh, little pre-cross puzzles mm -hmm. and you play them. And what I thought was going to happen was that you would then use them like a jigsaw puzzle to build the piece. Yeah. No, what happens is once you, so you play the main game to unlock all the little pieces and then you physically go in and you solve all the little puzzles in the piece. Once you solve the last one, all the the pieces magically come to life and they rearrange themselves into this picture. Okay. Okay. The pictures have a theme and it looks like they're telling a story in their own right. So I don't want to tell you what the the pictures are. Mm-hmm because I'm not too sure if there's going to be some sort of story that links them up or it's just they're from a story and you, you know, yeah, you can tell what the story is by looking at them, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just another thing. Um, <laughs> I thought it, it was like an odd addition, but it seems cool. Yeah, it is. It, it is an odd addition. I would have liked to being able to put it together myself mm -hmm. you know to have some sort of clue for them like a jigsaw and, and build it myself and, and yeah. move it around it would add something else to it uh i'm curious to see there's five of them that yes so i'm curious to see what happens when you know you've got all five of them built up whether there's going to be some sort of because if you read the description, I believe it says that it, they, they tell a story. So I don't know. Um, but it just may be that they're from a story and you can see what that story is when you build them all up and see them side by side. Yeah, maybe it's not going to form like a its own collective story. Maybe they'll all just be pictures from stories. Yes, yeah. So, uh, so far I have done 30... Six puzzles. Do you have uh, puzzles from, uh, yes. In normal Picross, there is. Normal Picross, there's 150 puzzles. And I think there is the same in Mega Picross as well. Uh, I, yeah, so. But do you know again, if it's the same it, ones again? I don't. I, I don't know if they are the same in. <laughs> They could be. Uh, Maybe. I would imagine so. Yeah. Because, yeah. So, I, I'd imagine so, the, the, the same thing. So. But, uh, yeah, still good. Uh, and I just wanted to double, you not double, but check in and let you know with the clip across what it was. That's cool. Yeah, it's good to, to kind of have an explanation of it. Yeah, so, but yeah, it's still worth your money at eight quid for eight pounds something, whatever it is. If you like Picross, definitely pick it up. Cool. Cool. I. That is. Have we got one? We've got a couple more things just to go over. We've got Overcooked. Do you yes. want to go get into that yet? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about it. It's very brief because I've not played a massive amount of it. Um, right. Okay. And it's also not that different from the first game. Um,. But if people didn't play it for Overcooked, is a, a 
between one and four player um, cooking game really it's at least two players like trying to play it single player is not fun at all uh, I definitely don't recommend it but playing it with friends is really good it's super hectic um, you have a little dude that you run around in the kitchen and the kitchens are all these big bizarre puzzle rooms basically where they'll have different things happening to get in the way of you to trying to cook and you'll get a bunch of these recipes they're all you know several steps usually so it'll be like oh most of the ones that start this game are sushi so it'll be like well you have to go and boil rice and you have to lay seaweed on a plate and then you have to put rice on the plate and you have to cut fish and then you have to put fish on it um and then you've made sushi and then you take that sushi and you deliver it and you get money for it and kind of like uh like diner dash or something like that there's you know orders coming in for these food this food and you've got to deliver them before people get fed up basically right um and it's just super hectic super fun it ends up with everyone shouting each other like it always starts like really every game i've played of it starts with people trying to figure something logical out where it'll be like all right well i'm just going to do all the rice then because rice takes a while and needs to be watched because if you burn it then it'll just catch on fire and then we'll have the whole fucking place on fire and that's bad um but by the end of it everyone's just running around um the main new things they've added to this one is you can throw things now which is good because it means like i started a one of the levels had the pots for boiling rice on the other side of the kitchen to the actual container that contained rice so i was playing with two of my friends nathan Giraud, and nathan was sitting boiling rice but i was just standing there chucking rice across the kitchen at him <laughs> so that he could put it into the pot so he didn't have to run over every single time right um and then chucking seaweed to Joao so that he didn't have to when he was sitting chopping fish have to come back and get seaweed to wrap it from then um so my job was kind of just to stand there and throw ingredients at <laughs> <some> people <laughs> which is pretty fun um and then the other main thing that they've added is online multiplayer so we were playing online um the last game didn't have it. it was only local multiplayer which yes that's right yeah um as a switch game makes sense anyway like it works really well on switch um just local multiplayer because you've got that screen and the game only requires like you know two buttons really so you can play it with a joycon really easily um but having online multiplayer is definitely good because uh, that game is very frustrating and so getting people to play it is often quite difficult um but yeah uh the multiplayer seems to work super well like we played through three levels i think online and we didn't or at least i didn't encounter any lag or anything like that which is quite impressive for like such a kind of fast-paced game uh -huh. um, like we were able to sync up you know throwing and catching ingredients to each other pretty easily so yeah definitely recommend it i'm playing this one on switch as well it's on ps4 and pc and xbox and stuff i think on pretty much everything but the switch is the one i wanted just because it it just feels like a good Switch game. That kind of portable uh -huh. nature of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, Overcooked 2. I'll probably chime in with more about it in the future when I get to some of the more complicated and unique levels. Because um, the start with it is very much just more Overcooked, but with online multiplayer. Which Cool. Yeah. Um, we have one more game, but I think we might be skipping it for board games, I think, because we're running a bit late. 
Um, I can I can talk about it quickly if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Go for uh, it. So, uh, I think I mentioned it last week, we, or we mentioned it in the new releases. Madden nineteen is it'll be out by the time this podcast podcast is up, but it yeah. comes out tomorrow essentially here. Um, uh, we got set a, a code a little bit early, so I've been checking that out quickly. Uh, mostly checking out the Madden Ultimate Team, which has got a, quite a few changes for this year. Uh, most of them are for the better. <laughs> so the biggest one, I, I would say, is the fact that contracts are gone. So it used to be that if you got players in your team, they would have so many contracts and you could use them for that many games and then you would to buy new contracts to apply to the players to keep using them. Mm-hmm. That's all gone. You can use the players as much as you like, as long as you like, which is great. Yeah, uh, that's a good improvement. They've also added kind of training to the players in the Ultimate Team as well. Uh, it only works on certain players, so there's like specific team captain players or like there's different sets of cards, and you can basically upgrade these players by trading in training points, which you get as rewards for various various different things. Um, that's really yeah, that's really all that so far is just the ultimate team. There is the uh, story mode is back, so I will be checking that out once. Once Ailey's back from holiday, because I think she'll kind of want to watch, watch that as I play it. And it follows the same, it follows the same guys as last year, so that'll be interesting to see how, how it goes. That's cool. It's interesting to see these like EA sports games have continuing story modes now. Yeah, and actually, it it surprised me how good Madden's one was last year. Yeah, and it was all about um, these guys. They're kind of. Uh, progression to being hopefully included in the draft for the NFL. So this this one is going to be following their their rookie year in yeah. the NFL. So that'll be interesting. I hope. Yeah, I I appreciate. Like I was really skeptical of those story modes when they were first kind of announced because like Two K has tried it for a while with like you know the. Um, the different NBA 2K games have had story modes for a while yeah, and they've mostly not been very good, especially as they've leaned more into the story aspect like they started out as just like career modes mm. um, but then they you know, they had like that one that was made by Spike Lee and it was one of the <laughs> worst things ever yes um, <laughs> like they've had kind of a bad taste, a bad kind of, you know history of that kind of stuff so when EA were like we're gonna do that I was like really that <laughs> that's the yeah. thing you're going to take from 2k and all you know all the other things I, everyone loves about those games I think that was kind of the whole point of them switching prospect was the fact that they were going to have a bit more flexibility in doing higher higher level detailed person yeah you know, people models. So they were like, "Well, let's actually do something with that." Because yeah, you know, otherwise, Frostbite seemed like a strange transfer for the sports teams. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so far, I mean, on, on the pitch stuff looks pretty much the same. 
Uh, but yeah, there's some nice, nice additions to the team. One, one nice wee thing I found settings menu, and they've got a nice section on accessibility options for things like colorblindness and um, assisted, you know, assisted vibrations of the controller mm-hmm. help with the audio description and subtitles and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was a was a nice wee thing I found in there. But yeah, um, I guess we we all played a bunch of board games. We did. Yes. Because we, we all met up on Monday and played board games together. We did. We sat in a pub and we drank beer, ate food, played games. We did, yep. So, what game will we talk about first? Um, should we start from the start? We'll do the one that we played before Mike showed up. Yeah, okay, so uh, Summoner's Isle. Which uh, is a game that will be coming to Kickstarter next month, I believe. All right. I, I double check the email I've got. He, the, 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 the guy who <laughs> the email this guy say at the start of it, like, don't tell anyone. No, I, I said to him that we'd be talking about it because he, he literally emailed the day after we played it. Um, so, yeah, it says it's coming to Kickstarter September. And. Uh, Summer as Isle, I guess it's um area control game, is that what you what you would say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we were summoning different creatures to kind of fight against each other and control these areas that would gain us energy. Uh and some of the areas had bonuses if you could control the whole the whole area or if you had the little guys, the sprites, uh, if they were in an uncontested area, then they gained more energy themselves as well. Yeah, so and we like, were we were like racing to like dudes. yeah, we we were racing to like thirty nine energy or something. I think it was something like that. Yeah, um, it was it was quite cool. There was a wee bit of rubber banding built into the board, so if you ended the round with like a small amount of energy, then you would get a boost. And if you ended the round with a huge amount of energy, then you would actually get penalized yeah. before, so, before picking up the bonuses. Yeah, so like if you weren't earning enough energy by the end of the game, then you wouldn't physically be able to, you know, win. Like it would, you can you can just like stock up a bunch of energy from the start of the game and win. Because if you don't have a steady income of it, then you're just going to start losing it every time you hit those last couple of tiers of um, the game before you could claim victory. Yeah, it's a smart little way of keeping it relatively balanced. Uh, yeah, you also you also get energy for killing your opponents yes. dudes as well. Which is how um, it won. It was how you won. <laughs> um, I went on a murder spree. But you weren't you weren't too keen on the combat mechanic. Um, I wasn't just because it's a bit dice rolly. Um, the way combat works is so you have three different type types of monsters. You have your little sprites you have your trolls and then your worms yeah. um or worm you can each faction only has one and there's three yeah. trolls i think and then a bunch of sprites and they all work a little differently so um they all work well they work mostly the same where um they have a defense value and so to kill one of them 
you attack them and you roll a regular six-sided dice and then add on the attack value of the monster you're attacking with. And if the value is more than defense, then you kill that thing. Uh, with the exception of sprites, who don't have a defense value, but they get to roll a dice as well for their defense, and then also get plus one for every sprite that is on a place connected to where they are. Yeah. So you can kind of like heavily fortify some areas just by dumping a bunch of sprites somewhere at like a choke point basically so that people had to go through this one that had like four guys behind it and had a bunch of defense as a result yeah um but also it kind of naturally has this kind of tiered system where like to for a sprite to kill a troll they need to roll a perfect six and for a troll to kill a worm they need to roll a perfect six um yeah because that's just how the the defense values go up and it was just a bit dice really for me um there's not a lot you can do when someone is just like murdering all of your guys and so turn order becomes way more important for that kind of stuff um like we had a round where pretty much all my guys got murdered and then it was my turn and it's like well i guess i'll move the guy i've got left because <laughs> that's what i can do now yeah that i i thought that was a bit strange yeah. at that point that it was just like <clears throat> it wasn't you know the turn order was obviously placing your your guys yeah. <clears throat> and i'm not sure if the turn order would be better organized if everybody everybody had a shot of their worm and then everybody had a shot of their trolls yeah and then everybody had a shot of your sprites i think that so might be broken up rather than just one person going i'm going to do all my guys who's going to kill all your guys and then he's going to go and he's going to kill the rest of you yeah but i like the the strategy of it like i like the whole um like because you knew if you your turn wasn't first that you were going to lose some guys like where you positioned units would be different as a result like there was yeah. a lot of us going black camp that there because your trolls there and your trolls are going to start murdering everyone before i even yeah. get to move so do that and you had to be smart about like taking territories in the first turn was you know super simple because there's nothing on the board yeah but then in it, every turn afterwards like taking over territories became a slow kind of you slowly saw turn after turn these move these units moving across the map into a location um or if they got wiped out you know going all spawning in all summoning in at an empty location of the map and then all of a sudden that's where you're getting plus one points from now because no one else was there at the time because yeah yeah and you only went there because everyone's murdered or i think me and you in particular kept battling over the mountains in the middle of the map because you got plus three mm -hmm. points if you controlled those yeah. which i don't know that any of us did at any point no i don't think anybody managed to have complete control no but we there was yeah more units died there than anywhere else in the map because we were like well <laughs> we need these plus three points and apparently we didn't but we needed those yeah. plus three points um so that was really good so it kind of naturally draws people towards the center of the map um yeah yeah or at least your stronger units like it definitely ended up with a case of like if you Look to the outer ring of the map, it was basically just all of the sprites. They were just taking up every spot on each corner of the island, and then the centre was, here's our trolls and worms fighting each other. Yeah, because that was one thing we, we said, it was um, I think there was one term 
where the entire map was full. Yeah. We, we'd filled every spot on it. And I think one of us had a sprite left in reserve. Yeah. But everybody else's pieces were on the board. Well, but we'd, we'd was, used up every it, slot that gave points because there's yeah. just two pointless yeah, slots. Yeah, um, but with a fourth player, I think it would have been quite different. Yeah, because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have been able to put so many pieces on the board. Yeah, you would have had to be a bit more uh, careful, which I was doing towards the end of the game anyway. Because yeah. you use the same energy, the same energy that is your victory points that gives you that wins you the game is also the energy you use to summon more guys, and is also the energy that you get for killing guys. So when the last turn came, or what, we didn't know it was specifically going to be the last turn, but it seemed that way because we were all kind of up there yeah. in points. Um, I didn't summon anything. I didn't have a massive amount of army left because I had a bunch of dudes wiped out in the turn before, but I just didn't summon anything because I was so close to being able to win that I had to. I decided that my best chance of winning was to risk it and instead of summoning things and trying to get points from it, not summoning anything, staying as high up on the board as I was and trying to kill enough things to push me to the end of the track. Yeah. Um, which I didn't think I could do because then the turn started with, I think it was you, Ben, murdering my strongest unit and I was like, well, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> That's it. The gamble didn't pay off. Um, but, yeah, I think being able to like having those kind of multiple paths to victory is quite good because yeah if you want to just settle down and strongly defend like one area of the map and keep getting points from it that's a totally valid way of winning the game and you'll probably get enough points from fighting off anyone that attacks you that you know that'll also help increase your points um but yeah i i thought it was quite fun um it was yeah a bit dice really for my personal tastes, but not bad by any means. Like it's not the combat wasn't bad. It just wasn't my kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I liked the territory control aspect for it and the kind of multiple ways to victory and stuff like that. Like I think it's a pretty solid game overall. Yeah, and it was very well balanced as well. I mean, we all we all had a chance of turn. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep, so that's a uh, Summoner's Isle. Kickstarter next month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Kickstarter for it. Um, like, do we know was that like um, final art that we had in our? Your um, no, I, I'd need to check. I need to check. Yeah. I think I think certainly some of the tokens would be upgraded. Yeah. I mean, the, I was going to say specifically tokens. Like the map looks fantastic, yeah. but the yeah. tokens were maybe a bit. They at least have unique art for the four different races, but they weren't. They certainly weren't production quality. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Then Mike turned up, and <laughs> and ruined everything. Ruined well, everything. He was like, well, I'm Mike, Mike already seemed to be having a bad day, and <laughs> he brought he brought Zogan out. Yeah. yeah, and then we were all having a bad day. <laughs> yes, yeah. so uh, Zogan is another one of point games. And essentially it is a cross between double and snap. I think might be a good idea. Uh, yeah. Explaining it. So 
the game is played with everyone a deck of cards they have the exact same deck of cards and each of them have a combination of four different symbols on them uh and there's various combinations of symbols the most you'll ever get on a, a one card is four four symbols all different symbols and the least that you'll get is a blank card with nothing on it and the way the game is played is that there is somebody will start the game off and they will take a random card from their deck turn it over and then it's a real-time game and everyone else is trying to get rid of their cards into the center pile and how you do that is a little bit like double where in but the the flip side to this is instead of seeing the card the the symbol that matches the cards you know the two cards that are in question mm -hmm. you would play the card down and you have to say the symbol you've got a choice uh, play a card with a symbol that is missing from the card so if there's a for example if there's a i'll talk in playing cards so you can uh, people listening along can figure it out if there is a heart a spade and a club then you can play a card that only has the heart and the spade but you have to say that the missing symbol is a club mm -hmm. okay or if you wanted you could play a card with a diamond with uh, all four symbols on heart spade club and diamond but then you say diamond so you have to announce either the symbol that's being added to the the set or say the symbol that has been taken away from the set yeah. um if you make a mistake somebody can call you out on it and shout zogan and the game then stops you check to see that if the person did make a mistake they get penalized by getting all the cards they've played so far back into their hand or if the person that called them on the mistake if they did it incorrectly then they get penalized and they get all the cards they've played back into their hand yeah uh very fast game very simple design i thought it was brilliant what did you guys think i really liked it ben's too good at it <laughs> yeah ben has got this uh yeah ben dominated it it wasn't yeah, even close yeah he's got this really competitive streak and uh <laughs> Just so for people listening as well, Ben does this with his kids. And I have been I've been to Ben's house and they don't mind playing with me when I'm super competitive because I'm not as bad as Ben. Oh god. You know, Ben crushes his kids when he plays games like double and things like that. They're, they're scared to put their hands on the table because they're gonna get them slapped. It's uh... <laughs> and Ben's laughing, but I am not kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really Ben just dominated us, but it's it's a good fun game. Uh, and again, this I've still to find a point game that has been really really bad. Yeah, I need to I need to find Zogan. I had I had a quick look around and was not able to find a, a way to purchase it anywhere. There, there is a way. There is a site. The last, the last time I bought the, uh, when I bought the game, they had one copy left. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and it is a shop in, in Germany. 
Yeah. And they seem to specialize in all the the kind of Asian, the, the small uh, the small form Asian games. Is that the know, one so? that you sent me that had um, that dice game that I wanted? Yes. Um, I it's not Happy Shop. A, a no, it was a, shop. it was a parody name of. Oh, um, uh, uh, oh, Dice oh, Wide uh, Shot. Dice Wide Shot. It was shot. called Dice yeah. Wide Shot, and the box <laughs> art for it is the poster for Eyes Wide Shot, but with like yeah. a bunny on it. It's real dumb. I really want it. <laughs> I don't like dice games though, so I'm like, I don't know. Yes. <sighs> yeah, that shop seems good. But uh, yeah, it was a um, really fun game. Yeah, and, I don't think uh, there is any bad link games. No, no, there's there. I I think we spoke about it before when I didn't get my head around Mask Men, but then eventually something clicked after yeah. reading the rules a good number of times. Uh, I think that's the only time that even the rule book has been quite bad. Yeah, because usually they're pretty... To be fair, but most of the time it, they're really simple games. Mask Men seems slightly more complex than most of them. Yes, yeah, just that the kind of ranking system that they do. Yeah, because whereas like but, Zogan is, you know, it is a combination of Snap, Switch, and uh, well, whatever you want to call it, Liar's Dice, Bullshit, dog, Double, whichever version of the game you want to call it. Um, You know, it's like a mix of those. Like, it's things that people have played. You've probably yes. played something very similar to Zogan with like a deck of cards, you know. You know, um fake artist is you know, is Pictionary with a simple kind of hidden role mechanic added to it. Like they're all the games are really simple and then Mask Men is like, Well you see when you do this it changes the tier of this to be this and then they do it and it's like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I think I think my kids would love that game. Yeah. Uh, specifically, my middle one. She's she's very much like me and good at the observation type games. So. Yeah. So yeah, that was really good. Uh, then we played that led the way to a bit more fun, which was Space Base. Yes. Space Base. I love Space Base. Yeah, so we've spoke about Space Base before on the podcast, but just to recap quickly, and then I'll let you talk about what you thought of it, Kieran. It's uh, basically it's a it, uh, a game like Machikoro, so you have cards in front of you, and they all do different things. You then roll your dice, and you can then pick uh, it's two dice, 2d6 and you can pick either the results on the face of each die or the the result combined and you should have a card that gives you something based on those values uh, playing to 40 points, first 40 wins and there's various resources that you can get from it, so it's a resource gathering and resource management game, what did you guys think? Uh, I really liked it. I yeah, it was so really good. it was the second time we've played. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we 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 played it in the doghouse once. Uh, with I don't. Kieran wasn't there that time. No, was, no. This is the first time I played it. First time you played it. 
Um, so I, I think we had a couple of the rules wrong the first time we played it, which we, we checked on this time. Yes, yeah. So the I, normally when you play a game the first time, you you generally are going to make a couple of fluffs yeah. in the rules. Yeah, uh, the One of the rules in Space Space that we did make a mess of is that when you buy something, so you collect gold through the game and on your turn, after you've collected your resources and rolled your die, you then have the option of buying a card for your base. If you don't, that's fine. You keep the gold that you've got and you can kind of stockpile it to buy maybe something that's more expensive in the next turn. But whenever you buy a card, no matter what the cost is, you spend all of your money. So if you've got 20 gold and you only buy a card that's one gold, you lose all of your money, but you have another resource, which is your income, your earner, and your your money then gets reset to that level. Yeah, so it basically replaces the, the zero for you. Yes, yeah. yeah. So what when we played the first time, we didn't reduce our money. You oh, just adjusted by the amount that you were buying. Yeah. Yes. For. yeah. So we ended up with everyone having reserves of 120 gold. But because we were all playing the same, the same way with the same strategy, it didn't break the game. Yeah, which is also you know I I tend to look at it if you play if you manage to play a game the first time and you get one of the rules wrong and it doesn't feel like the rule was wrong then it's a, yeah you know it's a good design the, the design is quite sturdy mm-hmm. um, and yet no we didn't run away from you know nobody ran away with scoring it was. The game was as tightly scored this time as it was when we played the first time with the wrong rules. Yeah. It was yeah, and it, Well, yeah, because I think Stephen came out of nowhere and won it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I totally wasn't paying attention to his uh, prestige score. And he just, yeah. kind of, he just kind of stated, um, yeah, I've got enough points to win. Uh, the thing was he, was, he was the first player, so we all got another round anyway. Uh, yes, I think, I think we worked out that nobody could have made any any difference to. No, like I think you would no. have come closest, but yeah, because I think the the problem that I had was that the number I needed to roll to get enough prestige points would have also just given him more prestige points too, yeah. because you get you still get rewards when it's other people's turn. Yes, and he was he was getting prestige points. I think on every time someone rolled a six. Which is a pretty high chance of that happening with the two D six. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I I just love this game. It's a really smart design, and yeah, it for me is completely replaced Machikoro. Kieran, what did you think? Machikoro is one of your games that you quite like. One of the dice based games that you do like. Yeah. Um. I think I like this one a little bit more than Machikoro. I like the theme of Machikoro more. Um. I right, where you're building a city, yeah. Yeah, I think, and also just like the artwork, I think Space Base looks fine. But it's uh-huh. about, you know, all the ships look a bit samey. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't mind that though. I, yeah, I, I think, do like the I think it's fine. It, yeah. I think it's fine. I just think I like the kind of cutesy Machikoro, you know, town houses, stuff right, like that yeah. a bit more. Not nice. Yeah. Um, but I think Space Base is a much 
better game um i think it mm-hmm. has enough additional complexity because that's the thing about mesh is that i like it but i think it does feel a bit it's a bit simple um like there are different routes to victory and stuff like that but it's very much like it, it comes way more down to dice rolls than space base did like space base dice rolls are how you get resources but you know you will almost accidentally end up getting decent things from every single dice roll. Maybe not exactly what you need, but you'll get something good. Yes. Just yeah. because every time you replace one of your ships, it becomes resource man- uh, resource gathering still. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a nice little system. I quite like that. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I instantly went to see how much it cost and I might mm-hmm. end up picking it up. Because it is a real fun game. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It was came out of nowhere for me, but I really do like the designer. Uh, so it's uh, John D. Clare. I do like his designs. He did the uh, Mystic Veil vale yeah. was the yeah the deck builder. So that's the one where the cards stack on top of each other, which really clever design i like that i like the cards but i didn't like the gameplay as much but yeah, then i was the same yeah i then discovered that the first game that he made uh, using that system was a game that aeg said put it on the back burner do this bit the deck builder this would be better it's, it's going to be a better game first and the game that he designed that he thought was the better game and that he wanted to show off the system was the one that I like, which is Custom Heroes. Yeah, Custom Heroes is great. Yeah. Custom Heroes is way yeah. better. Yeah. So, yeah, John D. Clare is just, he's on a roll at the moment. He's doing really well, and Space Base is, you should check it out. Imagine if Space Base had yeah. cards that could overlap each other. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I just like transparent plastic cards i just think they're great everyone should use them <laughs> for everything i don't care if it makes sense just do it cool uh, so has anyone got anything else to add on space base i do not cool. no it's no. a good game great game yeah <laughs> excellent so the last thing that we played was uh a game that is coming out well it is on kickstarter and it's already been and it's already funded yeah and it's a game called manipulate ben do you want to give a quick rundown of what this is and yeah so manipulate is a uh it's a game about manipulation uh, it's a game set on kind of the london business scene in fact the the game board is this big circle. It's just a, it's, it's literally just a point tracker, but it's got artwork all around the, the point tracker of all the kind of mm-hmm. high-rise businesses, the London Wheel, the Millennium Dome and all that. Um, and the players have got, it's card-based, they've got three ventures and three favours in their hand on their mm-hmm. turn. And you're paying money to set up these ventures, which will in turn earn your income in your next goal. And they also get you victory points when you play them. Uh, and then you've got your favours, 
which can be things that screw over your opponents or their ventures or things that will give you an extra bit of money like, yeah. rob it, like robbing a bank mm-hmm. um, there's a third set of cards which are the skeletons in your closet yeah and i think we, we all started with one skeleton in our closets yes uh, but some of the favors can incur you getting more skeletons and some of the favors are to reveal other people's favors uh, other people's skeletons and they will have negative effects on you usually losing some prestige and and or money um i had a skeleton actually that wasn't revealed because i managed to play was it my super favor so you 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 have well it's, it's like a player class it's a you know a character that you're playing as and they have a super favor as well which you can decide when to play mm-hmm. and they, those are quite unique uh, and the one i had allowed me to i can't remember oh yeah it allowed me to take half of someone's money and burn all the skeletons in my closet at the same time so my skeletons didn't didn't actually get revealed because i had one skeleton that if someone had revealed it we would both have taken the penalty that was on it which was which was going to be quite interesting mm-hmm. um so the the game recommends for the first couple of times that you play it over eight rounds you can go higher than that it's got i think it's got turn markers up to 16 um and we're yeah we're going around we're setting up ventures we're trying to screw each other over we're trying to do trades with each other as well uh the the ventures all have colors at the top of them and if at the end of the game if you've got ones that match your color you will get bonus points if you've got a stockpile of cash at the end, you'll also get some bonus points. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty much the basis of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- there was a lot of kind of swings and roundabouts with the score. Right. Because we were screwing each other over. And and at the early stages of the game, someone was slightly ahead. One person would screw them over, and they'd jump behind, and then they would lay down another venture and jump back ahead again. And then when it got to the end of the game, those swings were like 10, 20 points. Yeah. At a time. So yeah. So basically, the the game is you play you play one set of cards, which is your venture cards. You pay. You basically play these cards from your hand. You pay money and you get the victory points. Uh, you then play another set of cards from your hand, which is basically you undoing the person who went before you. You're undoing their victory points and their ventures. Yeah. And that's it. That's all it is. I do something, you tear it down. You do something, I tear it down. And that's all the game is. Occasionally, you might say, I'm going to take you down. But I won't do it if you give me something. Yeah. That's it. That's the game. It's finished. It is a lazy munchkin. It is I did not enjoy it. I cannot recommend this to anyone. And my only disappointment about this whole thing is that we weren't we never got a review copy of this quick enough 
so that I could slate the fuck out of it and tell you not to back it on tape. <laughs> it is really bad. It is yeah. lazy design. Um, yeah, come at me. I, I cannot. <laughs> it, it is really just bad design. The, the, there is no redeeming features in it. The there is no way that you can strategically play the game. So what Ben's alluding to as well is at one point. Uh, Stephen had, I think everyone, every single one of us had built up a strategic last round where we had laid out our cards and played everything. Uh, but at one point, um, Ben picked up a card. Uh, so Stephen played his hand and uh, he wasn't anywhere near getting close to winning the game. So he played everything that he did, was done. Um he uh, before he finished his game he played one card to try and fuck me over i was going to as a result of what he was trying to do i think i was going to lose 20 victory points i had a card that stopped that killed it dead so that that screwed him over i then laid out my hand played everything and i jumped in the lead by 20 odd victory points i then played a card on ben that caused ben to lose 10 points i gained so i gained another 20 point lead i had near enough 40 points in the lead ben picked up a random card and it won the game uh the the, the game is the game's decided at the beginning when you deal these cards at your hand it doesn't matter it it's just completely random there is no, that you can you know when you're playing munchkin for example yeah. Munchkin has there's a way that you can play Munchkin, and you know strategically, and you can make these alliances and things. This had none of that. It felt like somebody thought I fancy making a Munchkin game, or a game that has heavy take that, and I can screw my, you know, I like to play with all my friends. I like to screw, we like to screw each other over and be just horrible, nasty sods to each other for half an hour, and we have a laugh about it, and that's fine. And it seems like that's what they wanted, and they've built it in a theme that they like, which is modern-day business in London. Yeah, fair enough. The cards have the same humour. Well, more or less the same humour that Munchkin cards have, whereas Munchkin is, you know, it's having a go at role-playing games and dungeon crawlers and things. This is uh, having a go at pop culture, uh, references to city life and things like that. I, I think that that it does very well. Yeah, but where it fell down is balance. There's no yeah. balance. They've not played. It's not been play tested enough. And that sorry, that's just lazy design. I'm... Yeah, I don't, I don't like you said. It's difficult to form any strategy throughout the game other than trying to build ventures that were aligned to your color, which was going to give you bonus bonus at the end. But and then. Yeah, but... And then trying to take down the opponent, their color. But apart from that, it was just, you know, I'm going to screw you over. You're going to screw me over. I'm going to screw you over. I also don't know if yeah. I go far enough to call something like this lazy design because, like, it, something something <laughs> doesn't need to be something doesn't need to be lazy to be bad. Like, right. it, it seems like it's not a good game, but I wouldn't go far enough to call it. Lazy. Right. Okay. All right, it's bad. I I'll, I'll take back the lazy then. It's <laughs> I think yeah. I think there's a point where when you start calling things lazy, you're 
specifically calling out designers for something you don't know about. Yeah, all right, fair enough. I will. It it is. It, it's just bad. It but it does feel like something's missing, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's so that is why I was ca- I I was calling it lazy. Yeah, because it feels like something is missing. Yeah, it feels like they they didn't get everything right, and yeah. as a result, nothing works. Yeah, yeah. At least inside of it, I've uh, not played it, so I don't actually know. Um... <laughs> but no, that's fair enough. I. Yeah, so I clarify why I was calling it lazy because is something's missing, but yeah, it's bad. Avoid. Yeah. Sure. Um. Yeah, uh, but hey, it just may be me as well. Uh, everyone, you know, uh, opinions are like arseholes. Everyone has one. Yeah. So, what Do might you... be bad and terrible for me might be perfect for you. So, so go and check it out as well. But if you're asking me, avoid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I don't know. There's a lot of people that like take that games, and even ones that I think are kind of terrible. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think even yeah, I like take that games, but this is just that is the yeah. only mechanic. Yeah. Or, yeah, sounds like a definite avoid. Yeah. So. Any others? Cool. No, I think that was it. So yeah, we, we we closed up after that. Yeah. Um. So. I think that was it. So, have we got very quickly? Because I do realise that we're running quite we running. long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have we got a any news that people want to run through quickly? Uh, let's. There was a bunch of Smash Bros. stuff. We won't go through all of it. Simon Belmont's on it. That's good. There's lots of stages and music in it. They're adding. Yes. A, they're adding a morphing stage thing that sounds kind of cool. Where you pick two stages and then as you're playing, it switches between them, which is kind of what PlayStation All Stars did. But yes. PlayStation All Stars, it was preset. It was always like the. Rapper of the rapper stage always goes into the kill zone stage and then this one's like uh, actually now you can just pick any two stages and they'll morph into each other which is pretty neat um, there's a bunch of other stuff they had like a half hour long Nintendo Direct people should go watch it it's very good cool. Luigi dies spoilers yes like, he <laughs> dies and he tries to like his ghost tries to go back into his body and someone stops him like Luigi is dead <laughs> Nintendo what? Nintendo tweeted out from their like one of their official Twitter accounts saying Luigi's okay. Like that's all the tweet said and it's like <laughs> the fact you had to tweet that's really is really good. Um, <laughs> um and then uh the Taiko Drum Master games that don't usually come out here very often. Um two of them came out in Japan a few months or a couple months ago. One for Switch, one for PS4. Both of them are coming out here now, uh, later this year. Uh, the Switch one is getting a physical release, which means it will have the drum peripheral, and the PS4 one isn't. It's only coming out digitally. But presumably the drum peripheral will just be USB. Maybe it'll be wireless, I guess. So maybe you can use it. I don't know. I don't know how the drums work. But yeah, they're doing that. That's going to be good. Those games are fun. That's gonna be the start of November. Start of November. I'm gonna pick that up. I I like those games. 
I'm terrible at them and haven't played them that much, but what I've played of them I've enjoyed. Um, and then the only other thing I've got here is um, there was Evo went on at the weekend, there was a couple of announcements, the one that's probably most relevant to people here is Tekken 7's getting a second season, um, a second season pass. So they announced three of the characters that are going to be in it. There's going to be six characters overall, though. And this is also coming out alongside the really big update that's going to rebalance the game and add some new mechanics into it and stuff like that. They didn't go into too much detail about that, what that meant, but you know, pretty exciting stuff for Tekken. Um, the characters they showed were Anna and uh, Lee, Lee Wulong. Is, oh yeah um he like lee in particular is a character that tekken fans have been asking for like he is a fan favorite um yeah. and then a guest character so like we said earlier like tekken 7 has a couple of guest characters already it has akuma from street fighter has geese from king of fighters and it has yeah. noctis from Fighters 15 and now they're adding Negan from The Walking Dead. Because apparently there's someone out there that still likes The Walking Dead. Okay. Uh, it's an odd choice. He, f- he seems like he would be better suited to like a Mortal Kombat or something. I mean, I'm sure he'll play good. Like he'll probably. I don't. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, neither do I. He's uh, the dude. He's from the latest. <laughs> I don't know about the latest, but he's been in Walking Dead for a while. Um. He's played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's the guy with like the baseball bat with, you know, spikes on it. I think I gave up on Walking Dead by then. It's a bad show. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it was never good. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Here's the fucking thing that people should have realized: The Walking Dead was never good. <laughs> it was relatively original at the time. That's why it seemed good, and then very quickly, most people seem to realize: Oh no, wait. Yeah. It's not good. I like Jeffrey D. Morgan though, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, that's all the news I've got. Cool, fair enough. Uh, looking at new releases uh, for weekending the 17th of August, uh, there's just a couple of things. There is the. This can't be right. World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. Yep. New WoW expansion. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow, wow. They also yeah. made yeah, wow. Um they also <laughs> made the base game and I believe all of the expansions before this one free. Right. So you just have to pay a subscrip a subscription for- fee to play anything before this. I think just to try and encourage people to get back into it. Right. Yeah. I Uh-oh. think I you know, it'd be interesting to know what their uh, revenue, and I don't think it's as much as it used to be. Oh, definitely not, but it's still massive. Oh, God, yeah. I think it definitely is one of those things that now spikes when these expansions come out, and it's like, they're like, oh, we had 7 million people online at the same time, and it's like, yeah, and what about a month from now? And they're like, well, we did at we this had point. seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's coming out. We've got it must be a physical version of Dead Cells that's coming out because the digital versions just come out. Yeah. And there is also Hero Defense coming out on the PS4. I have no idea what that is. Oh yeah. 
yeah i'm not too sure myself and that's it there's not much else coming out in we probably some indie things coming on that's not covered in the release list i've got but yeah that's uh, like yeah but there's um good stuff coming in after that yeah cool so anything else anyone needs to add we're getting into the season of sports and racing games yes yeah so yeah. john madden has seen a shadow and he will tell us if it's <laughs> it's gonna of... be a bumper crop or not <laughs> exactly yeah so uh, f- yeah i'm looking forward to the new forza horizon looking forward to the new f1 i'm looking forward to like seven yakuza games i'm gonna go buy between now and then <laughs> <of> the <year. laughs> yeah uh, spider-man would be a good one as well uh yeah actually yeah spider-man's gonna be good um the i want smash brothers it's still a while away yeah Yes, Smash Brothers. Uh, there is, yeah, there's uh, quite a, a few good things coming out as well. It's going to be a good second half of the year, or the uh, second, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever yeah. the hell it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's uh, yeah, good things coming out. So a new Tomb Raider as well. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. Oh yeah, Dragon Ball yeah. Fighters is coming out. Yep. V Rally Four, that's coming out soon as well. Yep. So cool. I I think the only thing left to do is say thank everyone for listening. If you have any comments, suggestions, complaints, you can drop us an email. You can send to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. If you wish, you can follow us on Facebook, search for Glitchfree Gaming. You can follow us on Twitter at glitchfreegame. And of course, don't forget to check us out on the internet at www.glitchfreegaming.com where Ben is always keeping the content fresh and new, uh, apart from this week because he's yeah, sick. Yeah, he's having sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's about it. Any last minute thoughts or things before we go? Play Tekken. I haven't played Tekken in years. Play Tekken. Like, not the new one. Just play Tekken 1. Yeah, that's, that's quite an experience. I think I've still got that. Uh, I've got the play, uh, the emulated... So it is... I don't know if I've ever actually played Tekken 1. Have you not? It's good. You should. I probably have. I'm sure I, I played Tekken I 1. I definitely have more memories of 2 and 3. 2 and 3 are the ones I played the most of. Yeah. Tekken 2 yes. is the most one I played the most. So. Yeah. Yes, me too. And uh, on, we will see you again next week. Bye. Bye. See ya.